Welcome to the Valley View Friends Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Josh, and I'm just really thankful that you are listening in, that you're taking a moment right now to invite me into your life to share a little bit of God's Word with you today. At Valley View Friends Church, we, the congregation, like to say this, that we are learning how to live as God's people. And we do this in two ways. We do this by reaching, and we do this by restoring hearts and homes with Jesus. Well, let's jump right into this week's message. The sinfulness of this world and the holiness of God are not compatible. It is only by the saving grace of Jesus Christ that any person can cross from sin towards the holiness of God. And the Christian, while we walk on this earth and live... On this earth, we stand between the two. Yes, we are saved as Christians because we're trusting in the grace and the power of Jesus Christ. But as long as this, as we walk on this earth, we are in between. We are in process, hopefully letting the Holy Spirit transform us more and more into Christ's likeness. So, with that in mind, I want you to just hold in your head that, yes, you and I, we're in process. Hopefully, you're a believer, you're a Christian, and so you are saved, headed towards heaven. If not, I would encourage you to receive Jesus, but we're all growing. We're not finished yet. And that means that, yes, we are far from perfect. No one is perfect, and no church is perfect either. All the time I hear people who say that they don't like church because it's flawed and messy, and sometimes it hurts there at church. Now, no church is perfect, but hopefully churches are growing. And there's a saying that goes like this, you'll never find a perfect church. And if you do, as soon as you start attending, that church won't be perfect anymore because you'll have brought along your flaws, just like everybody else does. And that is okay. Jesus asks for a faithful church, for a faithful believer, and it's that faithfulness that leads to growth. Now, the Apostle Paul understood that people are messy and that people are flawed. And he knew that for as many people as there are, there are also as many challenges and value systems and cultural hurdles to overcome when you want to share the gospel. So, today I want to talk about a passage, passage of scripture written by Paul to the church in Corinth. And in Corinth, there's a great diversity of people and Paul addresses the differences that he sees there, and that he becomes all things to all people so that he might reach some. Now, some people will use this passage of Scripture as a permission for every and any value and behavior, and it's not permission. Paul knows the core values of the Christian faith. He knows the standard that Christ calls him to live up to. He also knows the mission of the church which is to share the good news of Jesus to the whole world and make more disciples. It's Paul's values and mission that form a foundation for him to navigate the tug of war between sin and holiness. And what we find is this, that we are called to let no unnecessary issue become a hurdle to a person from hearing the gospel. We are to overcome those barriers. So, let's read the text, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through 23. Paul writes, and these are the words, Though I am free and belong to no one, 
I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. And I became all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. These are words for every Christian to live by. Every Christian has a mission to share Jesus with others, and never should we let any barrier keep a person from a chance to hear the gospel. Paul also first wrote these words to the church in Corinth, and Corinth was a city in Greece, and it was a melting pot of the world. Geographically, Corinth sits on the crossroads of Greece. If you want to go north and south, you got to go through Corinth, and if you want to go east and west across Greece, you got to go through Corinth. And it's on a piece of land called an isthmus. That's a narrow strip of land with the sea on either side. And there's a number of those all over the world. Two famous isthmuses you would know by the canals that are dug through them, like the Panama Canal or the Suez Canal. And the Corinthian Isthmus has a canal now, but it was used as a place for shipping to bypass having to go all the way around Greece. Instead, the the ships would land at the Isthmus and they would unload and they would transport the goods across the, the Isthmus and then take them and load them onto new ships on the other side. And it was shorter and easier and safer than sailing all the way around Greece. Essentially, all the goods from the Middle East that were traveling east had a good, or traveling west, had a good chance of traveling through the Corinthian Isthmus on the way to Rome. Corinth is also a city that held the whole world's attention every two years. They hosted the Isthmian Games, the second most prestigious sports competition compared to the Olympics. The Olympics was more popular, it was bigger, but the next one was the Isthmian Games. And the result was that a, it was a city that had the eyes of the world on them every two years, and, and essentially it became a place of exceptional cultural diversity and moral plurality as well. It was also a city that, as I've mentioned, caught the eyes of the world. People noticed Corinth for good and for bad, and the Christians in Corinth had an opportunity to show the world what Jesus can do with imperfect people. So our scripture text today that we've just read lays out Paul's motivation and his method for sharing the gospel, and it's a call that we are to imitate. The Christian's motivation should always be the gospel. Before you can be all things for all people, you have to know why you're doing this. And that why makes all the difference. There's a story, just a quick line, one-liner about a business, um, a sign on the door for uh, a shop that had gone out of business. And the sign simply said, we've gone out of business and we didn't know what our business was. They didn't have their why. And without a why, you will wander aimlessly from whim to whim, not accomplishing very much. And our culture 
is full of all kinds of whys that pull at us, all kinds of, of motivations that pull at us. Some are okay, but not all of them are good. In fact, some of them are quite bad, and, and most of them will derail us in following Jesus and following Jesus' mission to take the gospel to the whole world. Our culture says, hey, you want to be a success. Run after success. Run after uh, taking good care of your family. We should take good care of our family, but that isn't the only reason we exist. Our culture likes to say, be true to yourself. Our culture says, be accepting to all. Our culture loves to say, do what seems right to you, and that is just not a good way to live. And our culture does have this great shame in it right now, offending offending others. It's a terrible accusation to hear someone proclaim over you, what you did offends me. For many people, their why is that they don't want to offend others. And so they make every decision and say everything and and try to do everything so that they don't offend. I'm not saying you should go around making everybody mad and offending, but don't let that become your why. Most people just want to be good, and they want to feel good about themselves and have people think they're good, and that becomes their motivation. But the Christian should have a different motivation. First, the Christian lives to bring God glory. And secondly, every Christian is called to the mission to share the gospel, that is, to help as many people as possible hear the gospel and receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that's Paul's motivation in the passage, and the motivation makes all the difference. Paul's willing to live a very hard life because he knew his motivation. He understood the cost for carrying out this motivation. He knew that he would have to do some hard things so that as many as possible might hear the gospel. There's a, a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 that is, in some ways, I remember reading it as a child, and as a child I thought it was almost comical. It's, it's a list of the, the severity that Paul had to go through in sharing the gospel. And I, I want to read some of these verses to you right now. And you would read these words and go, why would anyone endure this? Well, Paul had a motivation to share the gospel with as many people as possible. And so, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29, we read these words, are they servants of Christ? And then Paul writes, I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day on the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers." I have labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have been known I have known hunger and thirst and have gone often without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin and I do not and do I not inwardly burn? You hear those words 
And you read that list, and I know I think to myself every once in a while when I read all that Paul went through, and I go, gee whiz, at some point, you got to wonder, is it time to throw in the towel? Should someone else step in? But Paul knew his motivation. He knew his why. He knew his purpose, and it made all the difference. And what is your motivation in life? What is your why? Have you really thought about that? I need to tell you, if it is anything less than giving God glory with every inch of your life, and if it's anything less than helping as many other people as possible to know Jesus, then you will struggle to find satisfaction. What is your motivation? Once you have your motivation, once you have your why, once you have the mission, then you can go to the second part of what Paul was doing. Paul was able to be all things to all people because he knew why. And then once he knew why, his method served that mission. And so, the Christian's method, whatever we do, should serve our mission. There are a lot of ways that you and I can live. Some of them are really good and wonderful ways. Some are bad. But the way you live should serve the mission. Paul's method, it's built on a clear mission and on an orthodox faith. And those pieces, two pieces, that clear mission and orthodox faith, allow his method to have a necessary flex and adaptability. And it's the same for you and me. I mean, Paul's method, if we just look at this passage that we read today, there's a couple of things that stand out about how he shared the gospel with Others. And the first one was he took on the attitude of servanthood to all. I mean, our text literally starts with the phrase, I made myself a slave to everyone. I mean, really? Who wants to become a slave to anyone, let alone everyone? Paul is willing for, to forgo personal rights, personal freedoms, personal luxury to reach everyone and anyone possible for the gospel. R. Allen Woods writes these words, We have all been called to be foot washers. Now, I know that's a simple sentence. We've all been called to be foot washers. But it's telling us, just as Jesus has served us, we are called to serve others. We're called to be a servant to all. And we can truly do that when we know the mission to share the gospel. We serve not just to be stepped on. We serve so that others can hear about Jesus. The next thing that Paul does is his method was to tear down barriers between himself and others by becoming all things to all people. What does that mean? What does that look like? What what do you mean all things to all people? Paul wasn't like a chameleon and he wasn't somebody who was two-faced. He wasn't somebody who was trying to pretend to be something and pretend to be another. He wasn't somebody who was always changing who he was. He knew he was. He was a Jew. He was a Pharisee converted to Christ. He was rabidly devoted to God and the holy life that Jesus had called him to. Yet, he reached out to the poorest and the wealthiest, the weakest and the most powerful. Paul reached out to fellow Jews as well as to pagans who lived life participating in all kinds of immoral practices that they thought were good and holy. He reached out to liars, to cheaters, to murderers, and those with deviant minds that most would think are beyond redemption. Why? He knew his mission, and that meant that his methods 
needed to fuel the mission, he he realized that to reach people with Jesus, he had to overcome barriers. And that meant that he had to understand that some people were just going to be different for himself. And he needed to realize that he had to bridge those differences and that everybody has a different starting point of understanding. When Paul says he becomes all things to all people, he means that everyone is at a different point in their lives and a different understanding point in their life. And he wants to meet them where they are at. He's not saying they're okay where they're at, especially if it's a sinful practice. But he wants to meet them where they're at so that he can reach them in a way they understand. Paul's not saying that he uses his mission as a license to participate in sin. I'll just become everything to everybody and I'll do whatever I want. He's not saying that. He doesn't soften the gospel, but he does care about people enough to reach them where they are at. So to a Jewish person, he would speak in terms of the Old Testament law and covenant promise. To the Greek, he would use philosophy and rhetoric. To the Roman, he'd use Roman understanding and culture and privilege and power. Paul was unwilling to just see people as others, too alien to understand. He refused to let differences get in the way of the mission. Paul was determined to overcome the barriers between so that hopefully some will hear about Jesus. You and I have barriers to overcome when we share the gospel with others. Some people are afraid, and uh, that barrier's got to be crossed. A number of years ago, our Nepali friends' churches in Columbus, I remember some of the pastors talking about it. They set up a town hall question and answer to help the Nepali refugees to get to know the local police officers. Many of the refugees were unwilling to reach out to uh, the police when they needed help because they were afraid. In Nepal, they had had very bad experiences with the corrupt police forces. That uniform was a barrier of fear. But there was a difference between what the refugees felt and what the reality was. And so the local pastors helped them overcome that barrier. And it's like that with a lot of people in their perceptions of Christianity and the church. Before they can hear about Jesus very clearly, you might have to help them overcome fears they have of legalism or judgmentalism, or they've only ever experienced TV preachers who are greedy for money, or most people anymore. Their perception of Christianity is what they're getting from other non-Christians talking about Christianity, and it's probably not accurate. I know it's not accurate. So, a person that you may want to share the gospel with, they may have had a bad experience in church as a kid, and they're unwilling to hear the gospel until that barrier is torn down. You know, empathy is a powerful tool that can be used for sharing the gospel. I mean, not just pretend empathy. I I, I pretend to to care, but real empathy. Uh, Theodore Roosevelt, as the quote goes, no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Bren Brown says this, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. 
I really like that quote. If we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. That is, wow, what a picture of tearing down a barrier. Please strive to be a Christian where God is always glorified. Truth is always told. And when people encounter you and share their story with you, their shame doesn't survive. They are Their shame is melted by the beautiful picture of Jesus that you present to them and the love that you share for them and the empathy you have for them. Paul's method demanded that he understand how important every single person is, no matter how different they were from him. So he didn't just tear down barriers. He didn't just serve everyone. He understood how important everyone truly is. He sought to treat everybody with genuine love and respect. See, Paul just doesn't see others. He sees each person as important to God, precious to God. And we need to see each person we encounter as precious to God. Makes it a lot easier to reach across barriers. But there is a balancing act. How on earth do we become all things to all people without permitting all things and behaviors and morals to to soak into our lives? How do we show solidarity with others without also joining in their sin? And so there's a warning. Don't lose yourself by becoming all things to others. Don't join in. Be careful. Oswald Chambers writes, A Christian worker has to learn how to be God's noble man or woman amid a crowd of ignoble things. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes your radars being on to watch out. <laughs> there will always be a temptation to say, you know what, I, I should speak up and say something's wrong, but I don't want to offend. There will always be a temptation, uh, temptation to adopt a core value of our culture instead of a core value of Christ. There's a word used to describe that. It's, it's called syncretism. I know that's maybe a word I don't use a lot now in the messages that I deliver here, but syncretism is something we need to be aware of, and it's the, the blending of faith ideas from different religions, different cultures together to create something new, and not always very good. In fact, very seldom is it good. Mark uh, Rush Dooney says this, Syncretism is not an application of faith to culture. Application of faith to our culture is good, right? Syncretism is not an application of faith to the culture, but an adaptation of our faith to the culture, meaning we adjust our faith to the world around us. And that is a problem. And that's happening all over our world right now. And that's a barrier that needs to be overcome. The Christian needs to resist such adaptation. And the biggest protection you can have against compromising faith is never forgetting your why. Never forgetting that your mission, your job is to glorify God and to share the gospel. So every Christian is called to reach as many people as possible with the gospel of Jesus. This is accomplished best when we walk in the shoes of our neighbors and get to know their stories. So if you have someone in your life that you want to share with Jesus with, don't wait, but perhaps first pray. And then have a conversation with them, get to know them, get to know their fears, their dreams, their worries and concerns. And then like Paul, build bridges over the barriers you're finding so that they would hear Jesus. That is one way to become very powerful witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, help us with every inch of our lives to bring you glory. Remind us daily of your mission for us, each of us, to share the gospel with others. Lord, make us more aware of the barriers that keep people from receiving Jesus and help us to overcome them. Help each of us to diligently share the gospel every chance we get. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go with Jesus.